From the Western Riverside Council of Governments, I'm Rachel Singer, and this is CogCast. With a long-standing career in regional economics, Dr. Wallace Walrod has directed strategic partnerships with organizations like Toshiba America Information Systems, Inland Empire Economic Partnership, John Wayne Airport, and many more. His career is marked by leading research and economic advising efforts for various agencies throughout Southern California, including the Southern California Association of Governments and the Orange County Business Council. Dr. Walrod is a managing partner at Tech Coast Consulting Group and joins us on the podcast today to share about his economic projections for the Inland Empire. So Wallace, thank you so much for being here with us today. Can you start us off by sharing about your professional background? Sure, you bet. It is great to be with you here today, Rachel. Um, So I uh, uh, received a PhD in regional economics from the University of California, Irvine, Mm -hmm. uh, and then uh, had worked at the university while I was there in administration. After that, I went to work for the Orange County Business Council, uh, I think originally as research director, and then have, uh, after that, so that was about uh, 23 years ago, I think right now, if Mm -hmm. my memory serves me correct. After that, um, I've worn a variety of hats. I'm chief economic advisor at Orange County Business Council, but I get to do outside things as well. So I'm also chief economic advisor at the Southern California Association of Governments, Mm -hmm. which is a a great role, and then get to work on fantastic projects, both in Southern California, but also statewide. So. So what are some of the initiatives that you've worked on at SCAG or OCBC, Orange County Business Council, like you mentioned, um, or just generally in Southern California? Yeah. Um, so at SCAG, we two major things that we work on in addition to some other stuff. Um, one is every four years, SCAG does what they call the Regional Transportation Plan Sustainable Community Strategy. So we do the economic analysis of that plan and what it means for the region in terms of jobs and you know economic growth. We also every uh, December put on an economic summit, the Southern California Economic Summit uh, with SCAG and the Southern California Leadership uh, Council. And uh, so that we bring together the region to talk about where the economy's been in the last year and where it's going in the next year. And then one thing I think we're going to kick off here pretty quick is an economic recovery strategy for the region mm-hmm. at SCAG that SCAG will take a leadership uh, role on. And then um, other things I've been involved with um, in Orange County, I've uh, done the last three uh, comprehensive economic development strategies. Mm-hmm. So those are five-year plans that are submitted to the federal government for approval. And then um, local cities and others can get uh, economic development funding for economic development projects. So the current one I think runs through 2023 and it's been very successful. We got some money for a uh, biotech incubator, uh, wet lab in Irvine at UC Irvine. Uh, And then I do a lot of research reports. Uh, We do some workforce indicators. So a lot of um, uh, uh, research both in uh, uh, education and workforce development, economic development, Housing is a big issue. So we've put out um, housing scorecards. Mm -hmm. Uh, Basically, the last three or four 
uh, every three or four years for the last uh, 15 years or so in Orange County and have helped out LA and San Diego to do the same thing. So mm -hmm. wow. to work at a variety of interesting things. Definitely. Like you said, it sounds like you wear a lot of different hats. Um, so yeah. over the past, um, you said 20 to 30 years, I don't remember the precise number that you mentioned, um, yeah. Orange County has grown into a major regional job center. Um, so what lessons do you think other regions, maybe like the Inland Empire, can take from this transition? That's an interesting question. I think a couple things come to mind. One is uh, education is critical, um, and that goes all the way from K through 12 to community colleges to uh, you know colleges and universities. Mm -hmm. They are sort of the engine in the modern economy mm -hmm. for um, moving economic development and moving regional prosperity forward. So you know investing in um, education and also. Um, having the business community actively involved in the education system. Like I said, all the way from K through 12 to universities, it's really important that education understands what business needs mm -hmm. and then business understands sort of what um, what's going on with education uh, mm -hmm. and the issues, challenges, and opportunities that are located there. The other thing I would say is um, the growth that we've seen in Orange County is um, – both catalyzed by and needs infrastructure to go along with it. So I mean infrastructure very broadly when I'm talking about that. So we think of infrastructure as, you know, transportation infrastructure, water mm -hmm. infrastructure, but those are really important um, things that you need to plan for, invest in. These companies are no longer gonna either remain in or move to areas where infrastructure is not you know, top notch. It's really important, even just to get employees to and from work. That you know, when, when we're in normal in our normal work work environments. Um, but I also mean that more broadly. Housing, I think, is a big um, part of infrastructure. So having sufficient uh, workforce housing mm -hmm. to go along with job growth is mm -hmm. really critical. And that's when we do our housing scorecards. That's kind of how we do a lot of the uh, ranking criteria. Is as a place creates jobs, you also need to create housing units to go along with that job. Mm -hmm. uh, and actually Inland Empire has been doing a better job of that than the coastal uh, counties recently. So it's a, it's a big challenge for a place like Orange County to develop enough housing to go along with the job creation that we've had. Mm -hmm. Also mean it, um, you know, things like um, connectivity. Um, so broadband access. And um, things like that are, I think, technology is increasingly a big part of infrastructure. And so having good technology infrastructure is really critical for, um, you know, attracting and retaining companies and overall economic development. And it also, um, you know, creates an environment that allows people to prosper mm -hmm. as the region prospers. Mm -hmm. I think that's that's probably the, the biggest thing is the creating the infrastructure to go along with it. Um, mm -hmm. It's kind of a synergistic sort of an environment that we uh, try to create in a region. And uh, it's gotta be a good place to both work and live mm -hmm. increasingly because talent attraction is huge. Um, and I guess that's part of the education system is attracting and retaining key talent is um, probably the most important thing that a region can do. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's a great segue into my next question, more regarding that synergy um, that happened and has happened in Orange County. 
but using Orange County Business Council as that model, how do you think regional entities can help encourage economic development? And maybe how has OCBC done that in the past? I think, you know, we used to do a lot of work, very traditional economic development. And so that's, um, you know, uh, attraction efforts primarily. Mm -hmm. So that would be going to like a trade show and having a booth at a trade show. I think we've sort of pivoted and, um, you know, we focus on the things that, uh, as as I said previously, are the infrastructure necessary for businesses. But I think increasingly um, we want to kind of grow our own. So that means two things. One is for existing companies doing whatever we can to retain them. Because we know California is not the easiest place to do business. Mm-hmm. It's not the lowest cost place to do business. So we have to make up for that um, with other things. So doing those things, and part of that is just listening to what the needs are in the business community. And as I said, increasingly that's um, talent, um, you know, um, developing talent and doing things to retain that talent, like providing, you know, workforce housing uh, opportunities. Hmm. Um, the other thing would be, uh, and OCBC does this, but others do this as well, is fostering an entrepreneurial uh, community. Mm-hmm. And um, UC Irvine and an organization called Octane that I also do work for, um, they focus on creating that ecosystem for the entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, we'll probably get to the current pandemic. I think now and as we come out of this, it's going to be really important to support entrepreneurship because a lot of people are going to be displaced from jobs, maybe. But that's it's also a time traditionally when we found that new ideas come to the fore. And I think we're seeing a lot of, you know, ideas in the healthcare space, mm-hmm. um, but in, you know, broadly about um, how we go back to work and, um, you know, what workplaces look like in the future. So I think um, there's going to be a lot of opportunities for entrepreneurial activity. And I think, you know, we need to support those with lots of programs um, to help entrepreneurs, both, um, you know, uh, recent graduates, but also folks who have worked in a particular industry for a while and see a better way to do something and Mm -hmm. have an idea and want to develop that idea. Yeah. Um, And so I think that that's that's sort of the the two things that I would say is make sure you're doing a good job of um, making a good environment for your current companies and then growing the new the next round of uh, companies. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I actually have like two follow up questions to that. So in regards to fostering this entrepreneurial spirit and activity, is that something that the universities primarily undertook and then um, OCBC supported or was that were the roles kind of flipped or was it equal? No, I think it's it's uh, it takes everybody to Mm -hmm. do that. And, you know, the role of the SBDCs and the Small Business Administration are really key um, too because these are all small businesses at the start. Um, but universities do play a critical role because that's where a lot of R&D takes mm-hmm. place. A lot of new ideas, you know, uh, scientists working on things that then um, they, in partnership with others in the local community, can commercialize. Mm-hmm. Um, and so developing that intellectual property, um, there's no substitute for that. Um, you need to have good ideas, but that's not to say that everything has to be something you get a patent on. I mean, Southern 
California especially has a lot of lifestyle kind of companies that have developed. You know, the easiest one to say probably is the surf and skate uh, apparel <laughs> and sporting goods um, mm-hmm. cluster. Fast food. I think we're probably the world innovator in fast food. We have a lot of fast food companies headquartered in Southern California. So it doesn't have to be sort of a science thing, but it just has to be a new idea um, that appeals to people. Mm-hmm. And then you said something else regarding like this, the idea of talent retention. And so I wanted to ask you, what kind of jobs are you seeing become like what are what are the needs of businesses in Orange County in regards to talent? Is it more white collar, blue collar? Like where are we at with what? Where is that gap? Yeah, I think it's a it's sort of across the board. Mm-hmm. Um, we have um, and housing is a, a primary driver. That mm-hmm. uh, you know, we at least in Orange County, we have been losing some young recent graduates and young adults over the last few years. Um, you know, primarily they're moving to places like Texas and Arizona and Washington. And oftentimes a lot of that is um, because they, uh, the calculus of how much I can make versus how much a house costs um, mm-hmm. has been a little bit out of whack in California. Uh, now, you know, the, it's, it's difficult to anticipate what is going to, what the choices are that people, young adults are going to make coming out of this. I think fundamentally some of that is is kind of the same. So mm-hmm. we need to do a much better job of providing housing. Mm-hmm. But you know, I think um, the other thing, and I, I think this could actually uh, uh, be more important in the long run of, uh, uh, of retaining talent, is to provide good career pathways. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, some folks at some point in their career get stuck at a certain level. And we need to have good pathways. So um, you've probably heard of the term lifelong learning. You know, I really see that people are um, increasingly going to need to continue to upgrade their skills mm-hmm. as they move throughout their career. And sort of a lot of the labor market now is about skills. It's not really about necessarily the type of degree you have or the educational institution you graduated from. It's about the skills you have. So. That's the other important thing is to have a system where people's skills can get assessed. Mm. And then, uh, you know, you have inst- education and training institutions that can provide, um, you know, skills upgrading. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't always mean you have to go completely back to school. It means you can take a course. You can even do, obviously, a lot of the stuff online. And that's one of the things that's very interesting about what's going on currently is, Will some of that those online education resources um, get more attention in mm-hmm. the next few years? Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are really really interesting thoughts. Particularly the one about online institutions. I haven't, I haven't thought about that one. So switching gears a little bit, and we've kind of kind of skipped around the bush a couple times, but I want to yeah. get right to the point. How how do you think COVID nineteen will impact Southern California as a whole? So I think in the short term, it's obviously um, it, the region has taken a big hit, just like uh, a lot of regions mm-hmm. in the U.S. and globally. There's no question that this is a global uh, global issue that's impacting, uh, you know, almost everywhere. So, you know, we've done some work. You know, the unemployment rates are have what's been released in terms of the media has lagged a little bit where the unemployment rates are. But probably for this year, we're going to see, you know, the highest unemployment rate in any of our lifetimes. Hmm. 
um, just about as high as during the actually the Great Depression, wow. higher than it was during the Great Recession. Mm -hmm. But we think that the region's going to recover um, starting later in 2020. Mm -hmm. But I think probably the numbers that you hear in the June time period are going to be the peak of the at least in terms of unemployment rate. Mm -hmm. um, then I think we start to work our way down. Um, and I think 2021, you'll see a lot of folks um, hired back, um, new jobs created. Uh, when folks file for unemployment uh, insurance claims, they say whether they think they're going to get rehired in the next six months. Mm -hmm. And 80 to 90 percent of people who have filed unemployment claims say they, they think they're going to get rehired in the next six months or so. So as the federal dollars kind of roll through the system, like the PPP program, uh, I think that we're, we will see folks start to get rehired. So as I said, I think we're sort of at the, the peak right now in terms mm -hmm. of this. Now, I think, you know, as we start to recover and as we start to reopen workplaces, we have to look at the opportunities that this is going to create as well. I think one of the biggest opportunities it's going to create is that, um, especially manufacturing, that um, U.S. companies and others are gonna think about the US more as a place to actually make things and mm -hmm. manufacture goods. And there are certain things like uh, biomedical equipment uh, that Southern California is one of the world centers in already. Mm -hmm. But as folks think about, um, you know, moving so, some more of that uh, back domestically, I think um, a place like Inland Empire, Southern California, is a great place for things like medical devices and other medical equipment. So I think that's going to be something that you see. Mm -hmm. There's actually new new businesses being formed, new factories being formed here. The other thing that um, I think this is going to have an implication is, um, you know, for a while uh, uh, in the 70s, 80s, and 90s, Mexico was a big part of the equation for California in terms of relationships with Mexico and manufacturing plants being in Mexico and you know, assembly and stuff going back and forth mm -hmm. in terms of manufactured goods. So I think actually that'll return. And I think you know it's all the more important our geographic location here on the Pacific Rim, but also uh, proximity to Mexico is gonna be a, a, a crucial advantage mm -hmm. for Southern California. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay, that, that totally makes sense. And I think that, um kind of leading into my next question. It's a little bit of, I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit, yeah. um, but I, I'm curious what your thoughts are having experience throughout Southern California, working closely with OC, um, OCBC. Do you think that inland areas or coastal areas will do better in the next five years? You know, I think um, we, uh, here, I, I'll answer that in two different ways. I think uh, likely the coastal areas will recover a bit quicker mm -hmm. in the next 12 months. Uh, but I think long-term, we already started to see the trend very similar to coming out of the Great Recession. That is exactly what happened, is the Inland Empire was slower to recover than the rest of the region. But once the recovery really took hold, it actually created the most amount of jobs uh, up until all this occurred, mm -hmm. um, the Inland Empire was leading the state, I think, in terms of job creation. So I think you'll see that again. And a lot of it has to do with housing, you know, providing adequate 
uh, affordable housing, uh, but also um, you know, just a lower cost environment in general and room to grow. Um, mm -hmm. So you know, the logistics industry obviously has just been a huge mm -hmm. uh, industry cluster for the region and the tremendous uh, infrastructure in terms of warehouses and other, other transportation infrastructure. Um, I think you will start to see also uh, new kinds of um, industries move to a place like Inland Empire. Hmm. And I think um, one thing that hasn't happened as much so far as on the coast is sort of tech related businesses. But just sort of reading um, sort of the tea leaves, I think there's a huge opportunity in the Inland Empire to develop um, this sort of ecosystem, you know, to help young, uh, young people and also other entrepreneurs to start new businesses and in the tech space too. Hmm. And obviously now we have, um, we've seen that you, um, you can do things remotely. You don't need to be maybe right next to each other. So um, there's a, I'll use one economic term during this called agglomeration. <laughs> Agglomeration is a thing that occurs where industry clusters like to be around each other because you can um, you can share ideas, you can collaborate on things. I think with the new technology that has come on with Zoom and Teams and um, other things, that maybe you don't have to be right there. So a company in, let's say, Ontario can collaborate uh, with a company in Irvine, maybe to a different level than pre-COVID. Uh, mm -hmm. So it's kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned this this opportunity, it sounds like, for the Inland Empire to really take hold of what could be a tech ecosystem out here in the region. What do you yeah. think it would be needed in order for that to actually take root and even be successful? Yeah, I think um, first is to de develop to do some planning and develop a strategy. And that's based on you know, good solid data and analysis to figure out here are the areas that we should be focusing on. Mm -hmm. This tech space is a big space. And um, just going after tech in general is, um, th that's a big, a big thing to get <laughs> yeah. around. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But getting some, somewhat focused. And so I'll give you an example in Orange County. Um, medical device. So medical devices, Orange County is one of the maybe three centers of excellence in the U.S., sort of mm -hmm. like a global mm -hmm. uh, hub of that particular industry. So what Octane did uh, was look at that space and say, where can we make a difference? And so um, they said, okay, we need some more venture capital here. You know, venture capital primarily is headquartered up in Silicon Valley. Mm -hmm. They do make some investments, you know, in other places in the state. Um, they actually focus very narrowly on ophthalmics for their first venture capital fund. So I, I care. Mm -hmm. And they have been very successful because they had a great uh, amount of entrepreneurs and a great amount of talent and R&D in that area right here. So it really is figuring out kind of... Um, you know, what space should we play in? Mm -hmm. And then I do think universities are a big part of this. Mm -hmm. And also, you know, the education system in general, but particularly research universities uh, play a huge role in um, developing 
new businesses um, in the tech space. Mm -hmm. It goes back to what you were saying earlier about building those connections between industry and education and the career pipelines as well. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. So closing out our time, I wanted to um, close with one last question. So if COVID-19 does cause significant change in our behavior, which I think we probably have seen, we have adapted in many different ways. Um, how do you think cities or jurisdictions should move forward? What, what do you think they need to do in order to continue to adapt to the changing circumstances? Yeah, it's a big question. <laughs> and, uh, it's a tough time for cities, there's no doubt, revenues you know, primary, uh, especially in the form of sales tax and hotel taxes, um, you know, really declined here in the last couple of months. Mm -hmm. That will start to recover, but, you know, we went basically in those industries from 100 to sort of like zero mm -hmm. very quickly. We're not gonna go from zero to 100 right away. Mm -hmm. But I do think um, cities need to rethink and reimagine um, what their city is like. And there are technology tools to be able to do that. One example of something that cities should think about is retail, current retail spaces. Hmm. So we've done some work on in retail, and um, I think uh, um, there's sort of uh, three options for retail centers. Um, the first two are, are, I think, very attractive opportunities right now. One is to reinvest in retail. So reimagine and reinvest, and oftentimes you see retail centers that, that hasn't happened in, and they really haven't changed in 20, 30 years. And they lag versus area um, centers that have reinvested. Um, and for a lot of that, that was, what's, was what was called experiential retail. So getting people to come with, you know, really good restaurants and entertainment mm -hmm. was sort of a big deal. The second opportunity I think is for some retail centers is to make them mixed use. So to actually add housing to the retail, you might even shrink the retail space a little bit. Um, but when you add residents there, you you have built-in customers. Mm -hmm. And our sense is that a lot of folks uh, don't want to get back in the car necessarily after maybe they get home from work. They want to be able to have you know have entertainment, do some shopping, go out to eat right in the place where they're living. So I think mixed use is probably um, something that cities are already starting to consider, but I think it's sort of a wave of the future. And I think that'll fundamentally transform, you know, a lot of things that are, are going on in cities. It will definitely help with traffic. I mean, traffic is obviously a big concern for cities. Mm -hmm. It'll add additional housing uh, into some areas where definitely there needs to be more housing. But I think, you know, cities need to use this time you know, obviously, you got to do the things you got to do just to, to uh, manage through what we're going through right now. But it really provides an opportunity to rethink um, various parts of the city and what they look like going forward. Mm -hmm. And um, that's something that I'd love to talk to whoever's interested in that. <laughs> we're going through a time when we're going to reimagine what cities are and what they look like and uh, how people live in cities and work in cities. Mm -hmm, definitely. Uh, that term reimagine, I think that that is a good word to probably leave off on, especially given maybe the uncharted territory we're going into coming up. Um, but we're so thankful for your time or, or you being willing to take the time to be on our podcast today. Um, do you have okay. any final remarks before we sign off? 
No, I think, you know, Southern California is such an interesting region to live and work. And I'm lucky enough to be able to sort of research and study it. And I think, um, you know, um, Northern California, it's sort of been their time for the last maybe few decades mm. with the tech, tech boom that's gone on. I think actually the next um, 20 years, actually Southern California is going to be the place to be and going to be where a lot of interesting things and a lot of, um, you know, great um, activity is going to happen, both from an economic standpoint, but also as a place to live and just terms of where the region's at in its history, it is, um, it's, it's the, the time is now to really think about the future of Southern California and mm-hmm. what that looks like. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm very lucky to be a part of that conversation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I might be biased because I grew up and have lived in Southern California only my whole life, but I think it's always been about Southern California. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. You're right. Don't forget that. Um, it's easy to forget that. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. My pleasure. For more information on WRCOG and the COGcast, please visit our website at www.wrcog.us. For more information about Riverside County's efforts on COVID-19, please visit rivcoph.org coronavirus.